Alrighty, everybody. Good evening. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, week one. Wow. Crazy week, Wiz. Um, finished off last night with uh, that knucklehead decision by uh, Nathaniel Hackett to uh, not allow Russell Wilson to go for a fourth and five and instead uh, opting to take a 64-yard field goal attempt. And uh, it's just a wild first week, Wiz. I, I, I'll tell you one thing, Wiz. I was in a pool... Uh, survivor pool, 9,300 uh, people entered the pool. Uh, I think there's only 3,500 3, standing. It, it was a crazy, crazy first week of games. Yeah, you were, you know, you were, you were, you know, felt you were in good shape going into Monday night, right? Because you avoided all of those pitfalls of the Colts, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Titans, uh, probably missing another team or two. Uh, and Colton. and then you yeah the, the Steelers and the Bengals too right yeah yeah the Bengals yeah, the Bengals yeah and then you had the um, the Broncos who inexplicably uh, failed on fourth and one from the one yard line third and one from the one yard line another touchdown pass at the, the tip of his foot stepped out of bounds it was a a strange, strange game, which culminated with probably the worst call I've ever seen in in the, in the history of the NFL from a coaching standpoint of of not going for a fourth and five from the 46 yard line uh, and bringing out um, your field goal kicker to attempt a 64 yarder. Just, yeah, you just really when you're watching this stuff, it's like almost. Uh, you know, d- difficult to believe that that's really happening. I, I don't know if you were watching the regular broadcast with uh, with Buck and Aikman or the uh, or the Manning cast. I was actually on the Manning cast, and Peyton Manning was just apoplectic. He could not believe what was going on. Yeah, I did actually catch that. I, I, I yeah, I mean, I like Buck and Aikman, but I always tape the Mannings because I just know it's going to be really entertaining. And they, you know, they they were they were just really strong as usual. And uh, yeah, he was. He could not believe what was going on there, and uh, he, had, he had a funny dig also at the beginning of the uh, telecast on the Cowboys uh, as well. So um, yeah, it was just a, a crazy week, and I think that's what we're going to talk about, right? We're going to talk about which things um, appear to be real and concerning, and which are kind of like an overreaction, which a lot of people have um, after they watch Week One. They're so geared up for Week One of fantasy football, and then they see things and. Uh, some of it is uh, you kind of like have to, uh, you know, just 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 let it roll off your back because you just feel like, you know, that's not how it's going to be for the entire or most of the season. But uh, some of the stuff that I think we were concerned about, I think we're probably more concerned about after watching week one. Yeah, and I think I think one thing that's very clear, uh, especially in the new setup, three preseason games. I know they have these intra squad games. But the defenses looked well ahead of the offenses to start the season. Uh, you know, I think there's some teams' lack of playing of, of regular players. Uh, you, you, kind, you kind of felt that pretty strongly, uh, you know, come across in terms of offensive effort. Uh, it, it was a sloppy first week of football. That doesn't mean there wasn't tremendous amounts of excitement when it came, uh, when it came to a number of the games because that definitely was the case. Uh, but a very, very sloppy week. And, uh, yeah, uh, lots of determinations uh, to be made here from player usage. And, you know, we're going to do a different podcast on trying to salvage some of the mess that you have to deal with in terms of injuries. But that's going to be an ongoing process all season long. So, so Wiz, I'll start off with this one. And, and I guess, 
Yeah, and, and I'm not going to judge like a guy like Trey Lance playing in a monsoon, five inches of rain, and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I, I'm going to start with Aaron Rodgers because uh, I I believe that Aaron Rodgers was still going to be a top twelve quarterback this year. And I'm not saying I I don't. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings came to play defensively. Um, there was a lot of misconnections with his receivers. Alan Lazard did not play in this game. So uh, on the basis of the first game of the year, uh, Aaron Rodgers concern, or you think you'll kind of work through some of these issues uh, early on in the season? doesn't matter. I mean, let's go back to the first game of 2021. They got absolutely stomped on by the Saints, uh, destroyed them in week one. Look, you have to remember about the situation, right? Not only are there are a lot of rookies that are in the mix, you know, he has his main guy that he relies on who's going to be his number one guy that he has some rapport with is Alan Lazard, Mr. Game. Uh, Christian Watson's going to be a good football player. He's going to be a good wide receiver. Uh, I remember Jimmy Graham uh, before he had those years where he was an elite tight end. Uh, also, you know, missed some easy passes from Drew Brees and, and that type of thing. So I, I'm okay with uh, the Packers. I'm with you. Um, they're one of the teams and situations that I'm not going to get um, carried away with um, by what took place in week one. Okay, so uh, how about a situation whiz way there is warrant uh, to have a concern? Uh, what's the situation that uh, arose in week one? Maybe it was something that you were concerned about going into the season uh, that really kind of leaves you after week one even more concerned. Yeah, I'll give you you know the same duo that I predicted in my bold predictions that weren't going to make the playoffs, the Rams and Titans. Um, and when I watched Matt Stafford, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, that's the guy who used to quarterback the Lions, who didn't have an elite offensive line and under pressure tried to use, use his arm talent to make some throws that just weren't there. And you saw some more of that. You saw a lack of a running game. You saw a lack of an offensive line. And uh, I was concerned. We both were about Matt Stafford, and I'm continuing to be concerned about him. And uh, I'm concerned overall about the Titans, and the third quarterback, which I was concerned about, uh, Tom Brady, I just feel that offensive line. I am so I am I really am looking forward to this game against the Saints. I am curious what he's going to do in this game because to me, he he, it's a different type of offense. I just feel like this is going to be just Fournette, 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 and then some play action off of that, mixing some Julio Jones. But without Godwin and that offensive line, and they're down to like their ninth and tenth offensive linemen from last year, like the guys that retired, left, injured, the guys that were injured in preseason this year, I just don't think that offensive line is going to hold up. So uh, my concern is – Tom Brady at that passing game and Matt Stafford at that passing game. Yeah, I, I did not. Look. First of all, the Buffalo Bills uh, you know, really came after the Rams in that game. One thing that the Bills' defense did lack last year was the ability to sack the quarterback, but that was not the case in Week 1. We talked about Andrew Whitworth retiring last year. Seven sacks by the Bills in Game 1. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned on that front as well. Is And, uh, yeah, and as you mentioned, Tampa Bay was able to run the ball effectively, but the pass protection, that, 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 that definitely remains to be seen uh, there. Speaking of pass protection, Wiz, we, we talked about Joe Burrow and that offensive line being rebuilt. He took 70-odd sacks last year, including the playoffs. Uh, the Steelers got after him in game one. Uh, Burrow turned the ball over five times. Um, concerned? 
Yeah, I mean, just typically what happens to the Super Bowl loser is, you know, we've seen this time and time and time again that there's a bit of a hangover. Uh, I'm not really overly concerned from an offensive standpoint. I think they have too many good players on offense. But overall, man, this is a tough, tough conference. Um and you just can't lose these type of games. They are supposed to win this game at home against the Steelers. And to take an L and in that fashion, McPherson, of all things, with the blocked extra point, that bad snap on the field goal, and it wasn't even close, that that one looked ugly to me. So the offense, I think, because they're in situations where they have to throw a lot, they have so much talent, and not concerned from a fantasy football perspective, but more of a team perspective with uh, such a tough conference and uh, losing games at home that are going to end up hurting them when it comes down to the end of the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, and I'm going to cut to running back, Wiz. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit. I, I know you spoke about, you know, Damian Pierce and maybe expectations as good a player as you think he could be uh, over time in the NFL. But, you know, Rex Burkhead being there, and that was quite evident in, in, in the first game where Burkhead out-touched Pierce uh, in terms of uh, touches 22 to 12. I think we saw similar type uh, reactions to James Robinson versus Travis Etienne. Uh, I think the other periods of concern, obviously, Akers uh, and Daryl Henderson. Uh, we talked about the Jet duo as well, and I told you that I said I'd prefer to play Michael Carter over over Brees Hall, if you remember that one, and uh, I turned out to be a correct decision. And I think the more most curious one out of all the ones, well, two more curious ones. Last night was quite interesting. I, I thought effectively running the ball, Javante Williams early in the game, he became the lead pass catcher in the second half, uh, there was a lot of dump downs in that game, but he stopped running the ball. He had five carries for 41 yards in the first in the first half. And the other combination where uh, AJ Dillon outtouched Aaron Jones 16 to 10. So I don't know if you want to talk about any of those specifically, but those all stood out as situations that I am uh, closely monitoring. The Dylan Jones one, I think, you know, they have two good players. And I think they just like handing the ball when they're very, very down deep. And they were, you know, um, handed the ball to Dylan. He got stopped on a, on, a, on a goal line carry as well for a touchdown. Uh, that one, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not concerned about. Uh, addressing the, the other ones, um, as far as Damian Pierce and Burkhead, what's concerning is that Burkhead got a 70% snap count. And the Texans were winning the game 20 to 3. That's a game where you kind of think Pierce is going to get some ground and pound in there, but the Texans played it differently. They trust Burkhead in pass protection and as a receiver. Uh, I think that one's going to be a little bit of a headache, but where Pierce was being drafted, and I said this, I just felt it was way, way too high. Um, the Jets have two good running backs, so I think that one's going to be a headache from a fantasy perspective, but both players can put up good numbers. Um, when we talked about ADP, you know, I, I mentioned that Brees Hall was going like around five and Michael Carter was like going around 10 or 12. And I thought that was crazy. And, um, and then if, you know, you drafted Brees Hall, which a lot of people did early. And then you hear the coach say, and the, and the, and the, and the management say that Michael Carter is the heartbeat of the team. <laughs> that can't make you too feel good about, make you feel too good about Brees Hall. So those ones are a little, um, Interesting and certainly, uh, you know, to keep your eye on going forward. And uh, another one is uh, with the loss of Dak Prescott in that offensive line, what the heck are you supposed to do for the people that 
drafted the duo of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Uh, a very tricky one. Because uh, I thought Elliott looked actually very good. Uh, and I, I think one other one that you and I kind of spoke to, uh, spoke about, uh, I don't remember, it was yesterday, it was on Sunday, uh, Khalil Herbert looked like the better running back uh, opposed to <laughs> opposed to David Montgomery. Yeah, I think Khalil Herbert is the better running back, and I think Khalil Herbert uh, has a chance to overtake David Montgomery for the starters sooner than later there. And, uh, you know, James Robinson coming off that injury, he looked quick and dynamic and a better runner inside the tackles. And I know people, you know, fantasy football community, you know, one of their darlings this year was Travis Etienne, but I don't know. I'd be, I'd be a little bit concerned about that one, to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, obviously there are some offenses that we're going to be watching closely. Like I said, it's very difficult to judge what San Fran was going through. I've, I've heard some comments about Trey Lance's play. You, you need to see how that plays out under normal conditions, and, and we'll see what that looks at this week. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that are very concerned about what's going on in Dallas. Uh, I, I particularly would not be concerned, even though I, 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 you and I both expressed concern about Kyle Pitts this week, and, and it turned out to be the case where he only had two receptions for 19 yards. That will not be the case every week. So I think you've got to just be careful on, on your level of panic with, with, with certain players. Uh, once again, the San Francisco running back situation is going to be a headache for people with Elijah Mitchell going down. Uh, there may be some people frustrated uh, with, with that situation. It's it just there are a lot of moving parts, Wiz, um, and, and I think that's one of the things you have to take into consideration when you're doing fantasy football. Uh, it's not easy, and uh, sometimes things do get off to a rough start. No, there's no question about that. Some of it, you know, is, is just he just is, is going to be an overreaction, but some of it looks like how is this thing going to turn around? And one of those situations is something that you felt strongly about is what earth is going on with the Patriots? I mean, that, you have a, a defensive-minded coach calling plays. They, they said the, the sets were, were so unoriginal and, 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 and lacking such ingenuity and so easy to defend. Um, and then on top of it, you get back spasms, you get split carries with the running backs. It, is there anybody on the Patriots offense at this point that you feel good about in fantasy football right now? I think well, so well, we did get some news today, and that Ty Montgomery is uh, on injured reserve. So uh, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out with the running backs again. Uh, aside from Jacoby Myers, I'm not sure that you can have. You know, look, I'm I'm in a league where I'm contemplating. I have Hunter Henry, who I thought was quite good last year. Uh, I don't know. Is it, am I too quick to pull the plug if I see an option that's better out there? I'm 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 weighing all options when it comes to the Patriots. I think Jacoby Myers is probably the only uh, player that you can start as kind of a wide receiver three. Uh, I think that that backfield situation is going to be a nightmare all year. No, it really is. And uh, I guess the last thing I want to say is on the Cowboys. I saw something today where um, Jerry Jones says they're not putting Dak on the IR. And that he'll be back in four weeks. Yeah, he's going to be back in four weeks. A quarterback in his passing hand is getting a screw and a plate put in there, and he's going to be back in four weeks. I mean, um, why don't they just call it what it is? Like they're not going to make a move for a quarterback. Prescott's going to be out eight weeks, and they're going to they're going to you know 
play for a, a, a good draft pick in a, in, a, in a draft that has tremendous amounts of talent, and Sean Payton's going to be the head coach. I mean, that's that's really you know what it's all about. For Jerry Jones to say that Dak Prescott will be playing football in four weeks is completely a joke to me. Uh, so let me ask you this question: Was there were only six teams out of the thirty-two teams in the NFL? Two of them were in the same game, by the way, uh, which. Uh, I correctly uh, predicted the over in that Eagle uh, Lion game, and I think the Lions are going to be competitive all year long. But you realize only six teams scored over twenty-seven points in Week One of the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you you know this is the balancing act, right? Teams don't want their guys to get hurt in the preseason. They don't want them to be out there, and you know the result of that is you know. You, just any kind of continuity, uh, connections. Um, it looks disjointed in a lot of situations. And uh, ironically, you know, Geno Smith, he, he had an unbelievable first half. And this is a guy who had to battle and was playing every preseason game. And he was battling for his starting job there. So there's a balancing act that you have to weigh, but there's something to be said about getting some playing time in a real game with your quarterback and your and your receivers, I think. Uh, no question, and I think that chemistry. Uh, you know, we talked about we talked about uh, Green Bay at the start. I think things will improve. Uh, you know, another funny stat was coming out of Week One, and we we talked about the bad call by Nathaniel Hackett, and I I do praise the call for Brian Dable going for two points at the end of that game. Could have opted for a tie game, but you know, look he. He felt strongly about it. Saquon Barkley against the number one rush defense last year in the NFL uh, went off. I was incorrect about his performance in that game. Uh, he looked like he was running with purpose. That is for certain. But do you realize the Giants have not had a winning record since 2016? Uh, this is the first time right now, starting 1-0, that the Giants have a winning record since the year 2016. Pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I don't know, I wouldn't have given their chances much uh, at halftime. I think they were down 13 nothing at the half, and it looked more of the same. But <clears throat> they got a big run from Barkley, and that seemed to spike, you know, to really get them uh, fired up. And uh, the complexion of the game changed really on that one big run. Yeah, and I, and I will say this, was we talked a little bit about, I mean, you, you had predicted the Vikings, a bold call for, for them to be going to the Super Bowl. I, I discussed the Eagles as a, as a potential front, front runner in the, in the NFC, and, and that looks even more certain right now, given what transpired with uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, both of those teams actually played very well in their particular games, and, and the Lions ended up playing catch-up to make that game a lot closer than it actually was early on. Uh, but another team whiz that that concerns me, and this is my last point, and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not comfortable watching Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals right now in any way, shape, or form. I know DeAndre Hopkins is out for six games, but they're just it looks like a very disjointed offense. I don't think James Conner can replicate his performance from last year. I know he did score a touchdown, but I still feel like he's very slow afoot. I think he had nine carries for 21 yards in the game. That is a team that definitely concerns me. Whereas I, I personally think the NFC is wide open for teams like the Eagles and the Vikings to to make some noise and 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 declare that they're their teams to beat within that conference. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, you know, what's what's the irony is they you know gave that massive contract to Kyler Murray and they gave him you know. 
the coach as well. So this this family plans on being together for a while, and uh, I agree with you. I think you put Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins in that offensive lineup, and they'll they'll be able to go. They got they got good players. Zach Ertz is is playing like he looks like he's about thirty percent. He could barely move with that calf. Um, so those guys all start playing and get healthy. I think their offense, but their defense cannot stop a nosebleed. So um, I agree with you, and I just don't like that they're really not a physical team. I don't like teams that have a soft defense and aren't physical on offense. I, I feel like that's not really a winning combination uh, for the season, and uh, even more so come playoff time. All right, Wiz. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of uh, our podcast, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on SoundCloud, we're on Spotify, and we're on Apple Podcasts. Week one in the books, uh, next podcast that we do, Wiz, we will discuss some of the injuries and uh, maybe some of these performances in which uh, people can kind of think about uh, waiver wires. So uh, that's it for us, and uh, we'll talk a little bit later about waivers. You got it.